All right, welcome to the Remarketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I am your host for today. The way our content works is we are about marketing, tech, and business leadership. We are four real estate entrepreneurs, that's real estate agents and real estate investors. And our the, con- the purpose of our content is two purposes, right? Purpose number one is to spotlight for you, John, you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market, exposure, and content creation. Number two, to educate and inform our audience and our listeners. All right, so I'm going to introduce our guest today. We have John Lee. John Lee is a real estate investor who got his start in the industry in 2017. He has quickly become one of the most successful investors in the business thanks to his keen eye for opportunity and his strong work ethic. John got interested in crypto mining in late 2017 and has been involved in that industry ever since. He believes that crypto will play a major role in the future of global commerce and is excited to be on the forefront of this new technology. John, welcome to the podcast. Excited to have you. What's up, Jerome? How you doing, man? So tell tell us a little bit about you and your own words. Yeah, so uh, prior to me actually getting in into investing, um, I I graduated I graduated college in two thousand eleven. Uh, that was a period of time where the recession was uh, starting to go down, but I believe unemployment was still high. And I graduated with a degree in psychology, which statistically is a degree that doesn't pay all that high. So I was scrambling, looking for jobs. Um, You know, all my classmates, all the friends that I had, all had uh, very professional jobs, whether they were accountants, uh, teachers, doctors. And I actually graduated with a a degree in psychology. So... uh, the joke was that people would always say that I would uh, eventually be a pastor. So, <laughs> which, which, <laughs> which obviously didn't turn out to be the case, but um, <laughs> I, uh, I actually uh, took the first job that, that I saw. And part of that was me being naive. And um, I, I saw the, the position as a, a financial advisor. So in title, in theory, I thought that would be awesome. And um uh, I didn't know it was a sales job really until I actually started working and uh, I was doing that for a couple of years. And luckily I, I, I was blessed to, to be mentored by uh, three, we call the million dollar round table. Uh, there are three high level uh, sales uh, producers and I, were, I was mentored by three of them. And what ended up happening was I just developed more and more sales skills over a period of time. And then eventually um, I used those skills to uh, move into private banking at Wells Fargo. And then from private banking, I went to uh, doing sales in Medicare. So Medicare is kind of where I I took a a big leap um, as far as like growth, but also like like financially, it just was a, a big leap for me. So I developed a book of business uh, and I, I was passively making uh, uh, money. Uh, and I decided to, at that time, uh, settle down with my wife 
And this was probably about 2017, 2018, when we were looking for houses. And ironically enough, during that period of time, it's very difficult to find a house even then. So, um, you know, for me to be an FHA buyer, not having as much down payment to put on a house, a lot of the offers that we put in uh, were rejected. And then uh, it came to a point where we finally found a home. It was a, it was a, it was a foreclosed home. And we decided to do what we call a house hack. So I was reading a book. I was reading a book from a podcast, uh, a very famous podcaster. His name is Brandon Turner uh, from Bigger Pockets. And I was reading one of his books and he talked about it. So I decided to implement okay. and take action. So, so, so let me, let me interrupt you here. Right. Yeah, so we have, we have you, you are, I know you as a real estate investor, but you're right. also a real estate you're also, you also became licensed and you mentioned the, like the FHA, you mentioned some of that process. I know your story because I kind of know you personally, but I would like you to go a little bit deeper and tell us like how you got involved in real estate investing. Like, was it because you were looking for the house and you were like, you know what, this is not working out. Can you just explain and talk about that process a little bit? Yeah. 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 So, so what I was leading up to was I, at the point where I decided to buy my own house, I, at that point also took the responsibility of being a landlord. So after a year, when I realized, okay, it's not as hard as I thought it would be, that's when I decided to go and learn more. So um, obviously, Jerome, I actually met you at the event with where Nick Tang was hosting. And uh, that's where I picked a lot of different strategies like strategy that I'd never even heard of that, that really um, leveraged my business to the next level as an investor. To, to become a real estate investor, right? Become a real estate investor. Yes. Yeah. Right. Cause so, so, cause we're like jumping all the way to, and we're like missing the uh, like, how did you become a real estate investor? You did like your first investment was a, a house hack, right? With what they call right. house hack or was it? Yeah. So like, were you just looking residential or was it always your intent to become a real estate investor? Like, how is that? Could you talk about that process? Yeah. So my intention was, was, was honestly to, huh, that's a good question. So my intention was honestly just to house hack initially. And then when I realized like, oh shoot, like I, I, I can actually do this for a living. Um, okay. I, decided to, to get more knowledge. I just decided to get more experience. And then um, I thought that the easiest thing for me was single family homes. So the first home that I decided to buy was in Southwest Philadelphia. It was a three bedroom, one bath. Uh, and after I completed that, which was a rental, it was a buy and hold, which I still have. I realized in Philadelphia, a lot of the homes are the same. So a lot of the homes are three bedrooms, one bath, row homes that range anything between 1,000 to 1,200 square feet. So I got very good at eyeballing a property. Uh, it even came to a point where I can look at pictures, uh, sight unseen, put an offer, get it accepted, put it on the contract, and and um, you know be able to work on it. So okay. Uh, 
yeah, it was over a period of time where I eventually developed that skill and that talent. Yeah. So I, I try to like, cause we, as professionals, we can be like, like very, uh, what they call it techno babble. We can like spit out a lot of techno babble. So from your perspective, can you tell us what it means to house hack? Yeah, so house hacking uh, was actually coined by the term of uh, Brandon Turner and a lot of beginning beginner investors uh, think it's a and great who's, idea. Who's Brandon Turner? Brandon Turner is the, um, he is like like the face and the head podcast guy for uh, Bigger Pockets, which is a real estate related uh, po- podcast. Okay. And um, yeah, house hacking. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know honestly what it was until I was like, "Wow, that's actually more like common sense." You know, <laughs> like I think everyone should honestly do it. Uh, so pretty much what you do is you are looking for a multi-family house. So what I mean by multi-family house, it's a home that has multiple units. So it can be two units, three units, four units. Uh, typically, it's four units and below because uh, uh, they, the homeowner would want an FHA on it. So an FHA, what that is, it's for first-time homebuyers. So um, the reason why the FHA attracts a lot of first-time homebuyers is because the down payment is so low. Uh, instead of paying, you know, putting 20% down, I mean, you're looking at three, three and a half, something like that. So for me, being a young professional, um, I didn't have that kind of money, honestly, to just put 20% down on a home, especially in the price range that I wanted to, you know, that I wanted to be in. So FHA was the only route. And on top of that, I thought that house hacking would have been a great avenue for me to save money because then uh, now you have a tenant or tenants that are paying for your mortgage. You so you did you did an FHA, which is like a I forget what the letters stand for, but first first time home buyers. And some of the reason why, John, I'm gonna explain to you is why we're simplifying is because uh it's it's not that like we have different professions here on the podcast, right? And like we come primarily from the real estate investing space, which has different jargon than a real estate agent space. So right. we got we serve like kind of two audiences, and sometimes the two don't intertwine or may not understand something. So right. you did an FHA loan, and you also I learned like from you, you also did the like what is it a two hundred three k? Oh yeah, yeah, can, yeah. Can you talk about that process, <laughs> and would you recommend that for others, or like just talk about uh, that? Yeah, so that's going. Wow, I completely forgot about that. Uh, so. That's actually very important because yeah. So uh, two and it's a two. Did I say it correctly? A two O key. Did I say it correctly? Two O three K loan. Two O three K loan. Yep. And a two O key. Two O three K loan is a. How, what is that? Yeah. So a lot of people are not familiar with it because, or if they are familiar with it, they're afraid to do it because there are there are a lot of things that you need to do to get it done, um, but. You just need to make sure that you're around competent people that that have done it before ahead of you. So uh, the best way to put it, and it's very simple, is the uh, home that I decided to get was a foreclosed home. So it needed work. Right. Uh, it needed like almost two hundred thousand dollars of work. 
Now, again, going back to what I was saying, being a young professional, I didn't have the money to, <laughs> I didn't have the money to, to, I didn't have to do that. I didn't have $200,000. Let's just be real. Right. So, uh, the 203k program, what that allows you to do is it actually budgets the renovation costs for you. Uh, and they roll the budget that you have for the renovation into your loan. So to make it simple, uh, if your purchase price, if you're buying the house, let's just say hypothetically, you're buying this house for $100,000 and it requires $200,000 of work. Well, the, two, the 203K loan will allow you to get a loan for $300,000 and give you $200,000 for the budget to make the repairs. Okay. So we talked about like you becoming an investor, but we also talked about your license. You became a real estate, you got your real estate license. Is there a specific reason why you decided to get your, get your real estate license? Was it like, could you talk about that, please? Yeah. So one thing that I would definitely just make sure that everyone is very clear and understanding is that not every real estate investor is going to be a good realtor and not every realtor is going to be a good investor. So what I mean by that, when I got into investing, I thought that it was like the same. I thought that realtors would be able to speak the same languages I did and understand the same kinds of numbers and how I thought as an investor. So uh, I went through multiple realtors asking uh, for specific types of properties that they weren't unfortunately able to get me. And it got really frustrating because uh, a lot of the listings or a lot of the, um, you know, the properties that I was looking at, they were priced so low. So it wasn't worth their time. Yeah, it wasn't worth their time or commission, if that makes any sense. So, uh, you know, um, there was also like, I mean, if that was the case, then obviously there's some forms of conflicts of interest. So I got frustrated and I just decided to take the test myself. And then eventually I, I you know, I became a realtor. Okay, so we're going to go down our list of questions. And the first question that I kind of have for you is what's one thing your business, what's one thing that happened in your business that you didn't expect and successfully? Yeah, so one thing that happened uh, that, wait, say that question one more time. <laughs> so what's one thing that happened in your business that you didn't expect successfully, like focus around the success? So something successful that has happened in your business that you did not expect? Yeah, I just, like, I, I honestly thought that, that, you know, going from house hacking uh, to, to being an investor was something that I honestly just didn't expect, especially at the velocity and speed that, that I was able to do it. So, uh, my initial plan was to house hack, refinance out of the FHA into a conventional loan and then do it again and then do it again, which would have taken probably, probably about, you know, maybe one or two years, or I would say every two years, I would be able to get a house, but I managed to get within two years, like 12 houses. So, um, and that was basic, that was all through concepts that I've learned, obviously, you know, um, th through Nick, 
and also through just you know going through seminars going through uh, educational um, classes okay who who is nick oh so nick tang is uh i would like to i would like to consider him <laughs> i would like to consider him a mentor and um he runs the local ria in philadelphia so uh i know jerome you're obviously part of that group and and so am i so if there's anyone that uh is in the local area of philadelphia would love to have you and um i'm sure you can like share my contact information right uh jerome yes so, yeah so nick nick runs philadelphia ria his website that website is philadelphiaria.com that's how you get access there and we'll also share john's contact information in the show notes as well next sure. question john i have for you is uh since we're like in mentorship it, it goes right into it right like what's one piece of advice that you would give someone starting out in your career and i want to break it down right because you have a you have a license right you're a real estate sales then you're also a real estate investor so as a real estate investor what kind of advice would you give someone starting out in that career and if you also have a piece of advice for someone starting out as as an agent please share that as well uh getting into the uh real estate investor uh field uh would require an extreme amount of action and i know it seems and i know that it sounds like it would be overwhelming, especially with how big these numbers can seem, you know, excuse me. I came from a, I came from a, a background where I didn't come from money. So like for me to buy something that was worth potentially, you know, a hundred, 200, $300,000 to me, that was like something that was unheard of, you know, especially for someone that was at my age. So, uh, What's your age? Right now I'm 33, but at the time I was like, you know, in the mid to, to, to high twenties. So, you know, uh, dealing with that kind of money for me was just like unheard of, but it can be to me, it, to me, like, I, I would think that it, like, especially when I was younger, it was a little overwhelming, but what got me over that thought was just the small actionable things that I'm doing every single day. So there's a book, written by Gary Keller that I read, it's called uh, One Thing. And he really breaks down actionable things that you wanna do. Let's just say you wanna be, uh, you know, if you wanna run, run a four minute mile, right? Well, that's your probably yearly goal, right? It could be monthly, but let's just say it's your yearly goal for you to run a four minute mile. Well, what are you gonna do every month to get there? And then what are you gonna do every week? Then what are you gonna do every day you know, so you're going to have to break down your actionable items from year, months, weeks to days and figure out what you're doing every day to get to your to your ultimate goal. OK. Next question we have is other than your current occupation, what's an occupation that you would like to try? <laughs> Dude, uh, I, I, I would I would love to be a professional basketball player if I could. <laughs> but um, I'm 155 pounds and I'm 5'8", so that's that's a tough one. Um, but um, apart from that, I always love to to be part of some form of investing um, uh, and passively investing. So um, you and I talked about it before, uh, Jerome. I I do I do mine crypto. So uh, I have, uh, you know, I have. 
I have a lot of fun with um, gaming. So uh, that's kind of how I ended up into the crypto world. Uh, I uh, started collecting a couple of GPUs, which are, which are graphic cards, they're video cards. And I uh, started to mine with them. And ever since then, I started buying one after another. And then eventually I had several, we call them rigs, right? I, have, I ended up having several rigs that, that I'm, you know, that I currently have. How many, how many GPUs you got? Right now I have about 31 running. Which, what, what type? What are they? Oh, oh they all range. They, they can range okay. from like the, you know, 30, 70 TIs to uh, the okay. lower end, the lower end, uh, you know, like a 470 uh, RX. Uh, okay. So you're the reason why I couldn't get a graphic card when I wanted it. <laughs> oh yeah, like people, people at uh, people at Micro Center, like they get so upset at uh, well, gamers. They, yeah, I mean, we can always have a different conversation about right. This. Yeah, that's a different conversation. Gamers don't yeah. like miners, and miners are kind of like, why are you getting mad at me because we're making money on it type of thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Do you, Do you have any pictures of that rig? Uh, I do actually. I do. okay. It'd be nice to share pictures yeah. later so we can drop it in the show notes or maybe even a video so people can see that. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to you guys. Okay. All right. I'm a, so we got off track a little bit. I'm going to move on to the next question. What underrated tools are indispensable for your job or your investing, your career? I, I think it's extremely important to be level-headed uh, and, and to... Um, and and really to grind it out. Uh, this business is not intended for people who make high levels of emotional decisions uh, because they tend to be bad. And I've learned that the hard way because naturally I, I, I do think with a lot of emotion. Uh, so it's very humbling to come back to earth and realize like, you know, you have to check yourself, check your heart and uh, making sure that your mind's in the right place. Nice. I always talk about that, emphasize the importance of controlling your emotion. Like that is so important and so vital to have success in business. So not saying don't be emotional, but you got to learn how to control it. And, you know, you be in control versus the emotions being in control. So next question is, what, at what time of the day do you get your best work done? It's in the morning. So everything starts off in the morning. There's another book I read. It's called Miracle Morning uh, by Hal Elrod. Uh, the acronyms that he likes to really preach, it's called SAVERS. Uh, S is for uh, silence. A is for affirmations. V is for visualization. E is for exercise. R is for reading. And S is for scriptures. So uh, the premise of that book is studying what do the most successful people, what are they doing every single day? And all of the ones from Warren Buffett to Steve Jobs to, you know, to Jeff Bezos, all of those successful entrepreneurs, they always start off their day with a morning ritual. Uh, so they're, they don't always all do all, you know, the whole savers, but they do, you know, several of the, of the, of the letters in the acronym. So what, how Elrod, the, the writer or the author of the book, what he eventually found was, well, instead of just doing some of them, why don't you just do all of them? So that was kind of the, 
the neat package of 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 uh, of what I've learned, and I've I've actually incorporated into my life in in the past two years. Got you. Next, uh, so we we address like mostly questions around your career and who you are as a business person. So now we're going to move on to like the personal stuff. And the first personal question that I have for you is, what's something that people misunderstand about you most? I think a lot of people, especially because I force myself to go to social settings, a lot of people think that I'm an extrovert. <laughs> but in reality, so Jerome, I think you and I can kind of relate here because um, I think I think I, I think we would like to you know say that we're both introverted people. So uh, it, it's kind of funny um, because when I go home, uh, my wife gets so mad at me because I like that's that's a safe place for me. You know, that's a safe place for me to to really unwind. So I don't talk to her at all when I go home. So. Uh, it, it, it definitely is a, <laughs> it's a battle both ways being away from home and then being in home. What's the wife? Is she introverted, extroverted? She's actually extroverted. She's extroverted. Okay. So it's, it's like, so when I don't talk to her, communicate, like it, it, it like, it's tough, man. Being like, you, that's another step of marriage. You know, I've learned so much, <laughs> so much being yeah. married. <laughs> What's. What is your definition of introvert? Introvert is how you get energy, like where you get energy from. So, um, you know, are you getting from internal factors or are you getting it from external factors? So uh, I think the biggest misconception that people have is like, oh, you'd like to talk socially or whatever, but it's actually how are you getting energy and where are you getting it from? Yes, I agree. And I appreciate that because uh, they're like, oh, my God, you sure you're not? An ex uh, yes, I'm absolutely sure. I like to be <laughs> by myself, but you can't succeed in life by just stand by yourself in a corner. You got to go out, interact and talk with people. So, hey, that's why we're here, right? Exactly. Next next question I have for you is what's your biggest failure and what did you learn from that experience? And let me uh, can you can you make it specific to like your real estate investing journey? Yeah, sure. The biggest failure that I had uh, was not doing the numbers properly. That's 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 very very important. And uh, uh, in addition to that, if I want to add a, another one, is uh, like as introverted as I am, I also understand how important it is to build relationships with people, especially uh, as an investor, you need to build out a team, right? Whether it's your contractor, your accountants, your lawyers, your insurance agents, everyone. And you do need to rely on them. Uh, and uh, the, the biggest mistake that I did was um, not solidifying that team and going on and, 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 you know, moving too quickly with deals. I, I, I think I kind of shot myself in the foot at one point where I was doing, or I was handling too many deals at a time when I should have slowed down and reassessed, you know, the, whether it was a contractors that I was using or not. And, you know, that's just an example. Thanks. So next question, this is the final personal question. Then we're going to move on to what I like to call the closing table, right? Cause it's real estate related. So we're going to close it out. Uh, Third question I have for you regarding personally is how would your parents describe what you do? 
<laughs> so I am part, well, I'm Korean. So um, we have a very small community and my dad has been in the States for about 30 years, I would say, maybe longer, but let's just say it's 30 plus years, right? So um, he's known a lot of other Korean community, like, like people within the Korean community, and they always ask him, what does your son do? And the first thing that he says is, my son is Donald Trump. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the funny thing is, is that I am not even close to that. Jerome, you know that, right? It's like, because of that impression that he leaves on other people, that leaves a lot of questions that I'm getting from like random people. Like I'll be eating in a Korean restaurant and some guy will be like, I know your dad. He said that you're doing really well. And he said that you own, you own, you know, like a hotel or like you own like, you know, a 30, you know, 35,000, you know, unit building. And I'm just like, Oh God, this is my dad. He's talking again. So my dad likes to exaggerate. So it's always a, it's always a different story, what he tells other people. And it's always a different story that I get from someone that I meet randomly. Okay. What about mom? What would she say? My mom, she does she, like, ironically enough, she just says, that's my son, you know, like, you know, just, that, you know, she doesn't, you know, my dad, my dad, on the other hand, he likes to put a lot of hot sauce on, on a lot of things. So, yeah. Nice. Okay. Gotta love, love them both. They both bring a different value. Yeah. Next question. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. So you kind of addressed this a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. Right. So you mentioned two books earlier. You mentioned, do you remember those book that you mentioned? Yeah, it was uh, one thing by uh, Gary Keller. Uh, the other was um, Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Okay. So I think you know what my question is, right? If we could, so let's, we already have two books, but let's eliminate those two, right? Okay. And the question is, besides those two books that you already mentioned, what are three books that you would recommend to the audience and why? Uh, so How to Win Friends and Influence Others. I think that's what it's called uh, by people. Dale Carnegie, right? Mm-hmm. How uh, to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that was a great book that changed my perspective as far as how I should be talking to people okay. uh, and the proper way to talk to people. Um, now, the other book, real estate related, would be Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That shifted. I mean, I think every real estate investor will say that would be like the Bible for real estate. Uh, that shifted my mindset of. Um, you know, being more of an investor, you know, a real estate investor. And the third book, man, there's so many. Uh, Yes. Let's just say, uh, I also like, um, what book is it? I can look over here real quick. Oh, Never Split the Difference. Never, uh, Chris Voss, I believe is the author. So he was a former FBI negotiator for like years. And he used the same tactics that he used negotiating with like terrorists and stuff in the business world, which uh, can be applied to your business today. How did you find out about that book? The last one. Uh, Never Split the Difference. Mm -hmm. I figured out that book based upon like 
my circle of friends, I always ask people like, Hey, what are you reading? What are you reading? And a lot of the people within my community are real estate investors. So that was, that was that, that specific book was, was a suggestion from a, from a, from another investor. Okay. Cause I remember when we were like, we were at a couple of events, we did some workshops, some events together. And I remember that coming up. I was wondering if that was, you know, that time. So it wasn't, it, it could have been, but it's funny. Cause I don't, I don't read books more than once. That's kind of a bad habit, but the habit that I've been trying to get into now is if I've read a book already, like I don't want to read it to be honest with you. So I try to put it on audible. So it's like a different way of learning. You hear it. Yes. But you know what I mean? You're reading and you're hearing it. I'm hoping that it, it, it becomes yeah, I understand. More- and I, I have a thing with books. I collect all these books. I got like a whole bookshelf and I donated, I probably donated like hundreds of books to, uh, there's a place called Jumpstart Germantown here. Like uh, I donated to them and it was a, a couple of years ago, it was a few hundred books. And now I'm like just stacking up on my books again. And one of the things uh, I just like to collect books, I can't let it go for some reason. But one of the things that I have adapted is I generally try to minimize the amount of books and I try to go deep on the book. So I'll read books three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times before I move on to like another book. So uh, right. It's pros and cons to each, like meeting, reading multiple books or, you know, reading that one book multiple times. So you got to find that balance. I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Next, next question I have for you, and then we're going to close it out is um, we're going to close it out after one more question. What uh, are three other podcasts that you recommend to the audience and why? Well, the first podcast is this podcast right here. Oh, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, there's extreme there's an extreme amount of value here jerome um like i've i've you know i always appreciated everything that you've done as far as always bringing value um whether it would benefit you or not there was always something that you brought to the table and that was something that i truly you know admire i'm glad to hear that man because that's that's how i try to live i try to look is it going to benefit me maybe not but i'm going to give value anyway i really appreciate you acknowledging that yeah. So, uh, and, and think I, I, you know, I already told you that, but you know, I, I might as well make it clear since we're already on the podcast. So shout out to you on that. Um, another podcast that I have been liking recently, uh, is one by David Huberman. Uh, he is, uh, a psychologist slash scientist that like studies, like, uh, human life hacks right so it's like like um like whether it's goal setting whether it's like um you know i mean i have to go back and look at the topics but that was the last one human life hacks do you what's the name of this podcast oh man here let me just check real quick if you don't mind uh it's how do you spell his name david huberman david huberman um is this david hold on let me just make sure it's david it's called it's called huberman lab okay huberman lab i'm gonna subscribe to that one because i really appreciate life hacks i really do yeah so it's like how to enhance your gut microbiome for brain and overall health the science of love desire and attachment um using play to rewire and improve your brain like like science of mindsets for health and performance. Nice. So like, I like that. 
So there's a lot of cool things that I learned about this podcast. Like, for example, if you're sitting in your chair for more than four or five hours, right, uh, that negates any exercise that you've done. Wow. Like there's studies behind it. And he should like the reason why I like him is because he's very, very scientific about it. Like, okay. uh, and you know who actually endorses him? Uh, Chris Voss, which is the. Okay which is the um, never split the difference. That's how I actually got to his podcast from Chris Voss. Okay. Nice. Nice. I appreciate that. I'm going to subscribe to that one for sure. Yeah. You got the, one more? Uh, bigger pockets. I think a lot of people listen to that. So that's, that's one I'll just throw out there. Um, but I thought, I thought the Huberman, Huberman lab would definitely bring some, some of you guys some value. Cause that one was, yeah, that's really value. Uh, so bigger pockets. Can you tell us what bigger pockets is and, yeah, bigger pockets. Uh, it's a real estate. Uh, it's a real estate investing um, podcast. They talk about everything and anything that's related to real estate. Okay, so John, I really appreciate you. We are coming up on closing. I have one more question for you, I believe. Right. So sure. the 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 kind of closing question that I have for you are what? Where can listeners find out more about you online? Yeah, just follow me on Instagram. It's uh, John Lee underscore real estate. So yeah, send me a message, send me a DM. You know, I'm pretty open to having any kind of discussion. So if you guys have any uh, questions related to real estate, I'll be open to it. Okay, perfect. Really appreciate that. Before we go, do you have any closing statements? No, this is a blast, man. It's always fun talking to you. And I'm hoping that there was some value in this uh, in this discussion. Definitely value. I really appreciate you. And I would love to have you back. I want to talk more specifically, like how we geeked out about crypto and mining and maybe mm. doing some stuff on how we can like relate that over to real estate. We also sure. have to get together like individually, me and you and talk about how we can come up with some presentations so you can deliver, you know, help people understand how they can, you know, get involved in crypto or mining or, you know, maybe even some of your real estate investing stuff. So, John, right. I really appreciate you doing this. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. All right, brother. I appreciate All right. it. All right.